startuprad.io, your podcast and YouTube blog covering the German startup scene with news, interviews, and live events. Hello and welcome, everybody. This is Joe from startuprad.io, your startup podcast and YouTube blog. Today, I'm bringing you another interview on our 24-7 internet radio station. Just ask Alexa for play startup radio or on our syndicate with our syndication partner, IBGR Network, the International Business Growth Radio. Big mental high five to those guys. And of course, you can also find us on our newsletter on Substack. I've said that, and this is actually in media cooperation with Munich Startups, the local startup blog in Munich, as you can already guess. And surprisingly, I do have an entrepreneur from Munich here with me. Hey, Florian, how you doing? Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm I'm doing great. It's really good to have you here. And uh, we're already diving in. As always, we'll link down here in the show notes, not only your personal LinkedIn profile, but of course, also the um, company website. And I went through a little bit your uh, CV and it appears you it appears you've studied quite a lot at Ludwig Maximilian University, one of the best ones in Germany, down there in Munich, but you also spent time like semesters abroad in American University, Tel Aviv University, UC Berkeley, um, and Universität St. Gallen. You made a master's degree. Can you tell us just a tiny bit about that before we go into what you really did as an entrepreneur? Yes. Uh, thanks for having me, Joe. So, um, before starting uh, Capmo, um, I was uh, I was enjoying my student life. So I, I as you mentioned, I I'm originally from Munich. Um, most people know it for for beer and soccer, uh, but has a pretty big startup tech scene by now. So pretty happy to have been growing up there. Uh, went to went to the LMU, which is the the big university there, and. There, I, I got first touch points with uh, with local entrepreneurs, and got the chance to to move to startup places uh, or cities that are more well known. So I was really lucky to to get the chance to spend half a year at UC Cal uh, in, in in Berkeley, and also in Tel Aviv. And what what really fascinated me about that is the the mindset of the people uh, always pushing forward. Versus at LMU or in my business bachelor's, it was more the basics and the big corporate world that I learned. So that really well combined combined everything. Uh, having had the chance to to get to know the U.S. ecosystem, the Israeli ecosystem, but also having that German and Swiss Swiss or Swiss touch uh, from from St. Gallen, which uh, which really well equipped me with with all the basics beyond the storytelling and the technology side of things that that is pushed a lot in in the US and and Israel. Yes, and before we talked uh you, you did some internships we we're not going to go into this, but you've seen uh Deutsche Börse, um Roland Berger, BMW and Microsoft from the inside, but what I found actually interesting you started out with Freeletics that is a sports app and tool that actually shows you just how to work out with your own body weight on your cell phone and 
and I can, I tried it personally uh, at one point in my past and I can attest it's really, really tiresome just to work with your own body weight. Um, what do you do there and how did you like it? Yeah, that uh, that ties well together um, with, the, with the first question because um, it was a, a project we, or what we did there in, in cooperation with the the Center for Digital Technology and Management, which is a Munich-based uh, uh, university program you do in parallel. And what they do is they force you to, or they enable you to, to work with a, with a local startup. And we were lucky enough to spend half a year uh, at, at Freeletics. Back then it was 2020, uh, 2014, so pretty early for them. And um, what we did is, uh, try to look into gamification concepts on how to motivate people uh, to do sports with their own body weight, even yeah, if, like you, if they tried it out once and it seemed too hard, how can you use uh, gamification and user experience to to push you to, to do it twice and three times and form a habit out of it? And that was uh, really the first time I saw a startup from, from inside, uh, such a scaling startup. And that was what what also motivated me a lot uh, to to go in that direction because it's more dynamic, more entrepreneurial, and more future oriented than what I've seen in in consulting at Roland Berger or what you mentioned at Microsoft or Deutsche Börse. Uh -huh. And um, actually, before before we move on, I do believe a Freeletics is now available almost across the world in German and English. Yeah, it's I think twenty thirty or whatever languages. So it's it's global. Yeah, we we'll link it down here ju just to make sure you can still work out if you are in your part of the world in lockdown or not. And what I found very interesting then, for some reason, you just went to uh, Hong Kong as a venture analyst with Nova Founders Capital. How did you go from Munich? To become a venture analyst in Hong Kong, I, I totally get why you moved from a startup position into a VC analyst position, but why to Hong Kong? Uh, to be honest, um, it's uh, I had a deal with my girlfriend, uh, so uh, because uh, we were planned to be one year apart, uh, me half a year in Berkeley, and then the half year after. Um, She's studying in Hong Kong, so we decided to to mix that. And she worked uh, while I was in in Berkeley. She worked in the U.S. as well as an intern. And I decided after Berkeley and not going back home to Munich, but uh, go with her to Hong Kong. And it was perfect match to to get the chance to dive into operational VC work there. And that's what I did at Nova Founders. Mm -hmm. And after your girlfriend been done with the studies, you basically moved back, and um, yeah, that was planned. Ah, and after your degree, you—it looks like you're right out of uh, your master's degree. You started Capmo, the prop tech startup in Munich, which everybody who's watching this on YouTube can still see. You are wearing very nicely on your uh, shirt, so. You're prop deck. You guys are building buildings, right? Correct. Uh, what we're doing, um, what everyone has to understand on, on the podcast or wherever he or she's watching, the construction industry is 
no matter what country you're watching from, uh, construction is most likely the biggest industry in your in your country. Uh, but if you if you look at how they work, uh, it's also very likely that it's the least digital industry in your country, particularly in in Europe. Construction is second least digital industry. Only the hunting and fishing sector is is less digital over here. And I I, I can totally get why hunting and fishing is not <laughs> digital, even though I see a big a big future uh, for uh, virtual reality there. But uh, go ahead. If if the lockdown continues, there's a huge potential for VR fishing. I'm I'm pretty sure, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, my my grandparents uh, originally are from from the construction industry, so I always had kind of an idea uh, how it's going and that it's not going that well and particularly not that digital. And when we started um, right out of university, we said if we want to start something, we want to start building <laughs> literally something that that has an impact on society and does not just um, do a tiny little process better but really help an entire industry to move from uh, plants paper pens and fax machines to working digitally having fun again in their jobs and um, to be honest most rewarding if you help those people just get a tiny little bit better in their work what we get is uh, our flats our houses uh, finished quicker cheaper And also more sustainably, because um, there was also a driver. Uh, most people don't know, but construction accounts for 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 roughly three times the CO2 emissions than the whole airline industry. And whenever you do a bit there on the efficiency level, you have a you have an enormous impact not just on the people but also on on the industry and the society. Mm -hmm. And when somebody is looking at your website, as I'm doing right now, you see a lot of plans, a lot of pictures, a lot of talk about digitalization. And what are you guys actually offering? Because what I had in mind, what, the yeah, heck are what we doing? I had in mind when <laughs> you guys, uh, uh, when I first uh, went through your um Your website was basically that you just bring construction plans to tablets, so everybody is like literally on the same plan. Um, is that the case, or do you actually guys do really more stuff? And how did you come up with the idea? Was it just efficiency driving, or was it uh, did did you bump into like any problem in your life? No, um, what, what we are doing at Capmo is um, if you're a construction manager or an architect um, and you work with Capmo, you can be sure that your project is a success because the biggest challenge in construction is not designing something perfectly, but actually executing it and getting it done. So what we are doing is we enable everybody on a construction side to be on the same page, have all the information they need. Uh, so that being plans, but also the collaboration aspect. And this this goes further. So digitizing processes, like having the plans online, having all your information at hand, but also automating these processes. So imagine you're on a construction site, you're building a new hotel, um, six, 600 rooms that all look the same, um, that all have to be fitted, that all, I don't know, power plugs have to be checked, 
and you just lose the overview if you if you do not digitally um, keep track of everything. And that's what we are doing in the first instance, but it doesn't end there because if you if you kept track of all the 700 broken power plugs, uh, you need you need to fix them. So in the background, there's a whole workflow going on that supports you in managing the whole construction side. So basically what we're doing is we help uh, construction professionals to finish projects on time and on budget by providing them with a simple tool that helps to coordinate and collaborate. Um, so project management solution, or as we call it, construction management. So solution. you guys basically make sure if like there's an update on a on a construction plan that everybody has it as soon as this plan is released yeah. on the tablets. So they are sure this is not a flat building, but actually we have to build a tower on it and not half of the crew knows and half of the crew doesn't know. That's that's exactly it. And you won't believe it, Joe. But um, one of the main reasons why construction projects fail or are delayed is because an architect prints out a plan at home, puts it on the construction site, uh, updates it all the time, but doesn't drive again to the construction site to, to update the paper plan there. So the people who actually built the building have the wrong information and just build the walls wrong. And when the architect arrives on site two weeks later, he realizes, what the heck? <laughs> this is totally wrong. And half of the site has to be tiered down again. And equipping everybody with the latest information just prevents this. And you're just building the project much more sustainable and much more cost efficient. And you get... For everybody who doesn't know some construction plans as they are made in Germany, they usually include everything down to like the power, energy and heating yeah. plans. And um you're you you're not only uh tracking this and helping it to keep up to date, but you're also digitizing the process of building, right? Like when, when there's something uh, to fix, basically what um, you do in Germany, if you have uh, like a new building, for example, you, you bought a townhouse and you basically then walk through the whole building one final time and then you say, okay, it's approved or uh, we have some stuff we need fixing. And that's also what you're doing. Correct. And that's that's the same process uh, globally. Um, to put it very simply, first, we digitize all that. So um, you have the plans with you. You can take your notes digitally. Second, we automate, as you said, all the processes in the background. And third, if you have done, as we, a couple of thousands, tens of thousands of projects, you also learn from it. So um, what we can do in the future is to tell you, hey, on a typical hotel project with uh, 500 rooms that uh, takes normally uh, one and a half years, uh, if you uh, mess up this and that in that phase, that will most likely take you uh, one month longer to finish the project. And uh, being able to digitize, automate, and in the last step uh, also uh, predict how the processes will be, that helps you to plan everything better because there's there's really nothing worse than uh, having a family. You tell them, yes, your house is ready in April. They show up with their suitcases in April and it's just done in June. Um, that's that's really not good. And if you tell them in January that it's delayed two months, um, at least they can plan. Also for like um, 
when you are building like your own house um, in many places of the world this is uh, not the usual process but basically what on average happens in Germany outside of the big cities where you buy an apartment you basically buy um, a, a, a slot of land and then you start talking to your architect and you build like an almost 100% tailored house and you guys also offer the option for uh, like a diary there for the house builder in Deu in Deutsch uh, Hausherr uh, Bauherr um, to actually really keep track of what he's doing and and make memories good or bad uh it's uh it's it's slightly different it's uh you can yeah it's kind of a daily report uh but that's uh yes on the one hand if an owner wants to see that that's that's good but uh more important it has um it has process implications so you want to have documented the process how it is going so everybody has the knowledge who's involved with the project what is going well what has been finished what not because just imagine um 30 different subcontractors working together on a project um if you finish um the walls late um the the painter should know because otherwise uh, he or she arrives Uh, a week <laughs> a week too early and has to go again because the wall is not built so there's nothing to paint and these daily reports that we offer for construction projects really help everybody to understand hey where is the project at the moment so it it helps you to to map reality against the plan it, it it's always good if you keep your plan in line with reality i've heard okay uh-huh i i get that one Correct. um and um Basically, you are digitizing the planning and hopefully helping with the execution of the building. So basically, what what is like the type of plans you're taking in? Because I assume uh, not every architect is standing there in front of his big plan, does a photograph with his or her uh, cell phone and then puts it into the app that works i assume with api from the planning software uh, either that correct so um what our input is um we do not do the design or the the designing of buildings but that's imported from normally cad systems so autocad or you name it that all the engineers and all the architects know by heart and some some integrated directly some use uh, pdf drag and drop so that depends very much on the how how technical advanced uh, the user is i can i i would assume like personally the more digital the plan is like not only picture not only pdf but if you can zoom like and and even uh, look where the the power lines actually are supposed to go run, yeah, that, yeah. that's quite helpful if you have everything all digital you guys are around for like now two years we're talking in times of corona and still partial lockdown here in germany even though there is a silver lining on the horizon can you tell us a little bit how you personally like capmo experienced this lockdown here in germany yeah i would i would answer that in two ways so how how do we from a business side of things um see that and how is it going Uh, it's going pretty well because as I as I explained before, construction is the second least digital industry 
in Europe, which is crazy. And um, what they are feeling is, oh, now there's Corona and suddenly I have to think about how, how do I collaborate with each other? How do we manage to get the projects done even when we cannot meet every day or, or <laughs> uh, be on the construction site every day? So there is a huge push towards uh, digitization in construction at the moment because people understand or are forced to understand that the digital collaboration and working together and automating processes really makes their life easier. So Corona had a very positive impact there, so to say, because it gave the industry a huge push towards digitization. And obviously, we're benefiting a ton of that. Um, Second, how are we doing internally at Capmo? So um, that's uh, that's a challenge and not because uh, we don't have all the tools. That's obviously the case. We, we're using Zoom and Slack and all the collaboration tools you, you have in mind. But um, over the past year, since the lockdown is going on, um, we added more people to the team than have been on the team before the lockdown. So we added more than 30 so you, people. You, you guys grew by, grew by more than 100%, right? Correct, in, in terms of people. Um, and that's a challenge because some people have only met their colleagues uh, remotely yet. Um, but um, we, we adapted, I think, pretty well. Um, offer a lot of things um, from, your, from your routine one-on-one uh, -on -one random Zoom meeting uh, roulette that you have to that you join uh, to having remote cooking events together, um, which, which really well ties the team together. And um, what's really motivating for everyone on the team is that, every, that everyone is super pumped by, by what we are doing because this COVID situation shows, shows us internally and all our customers that what we're doing is really overdue and, and can help people even in the pandemic or to better cope with it because they still can run their projects. Mm -hmm. I see. So um, you guys are, I assume, really looking forward to the opening of um, the opening up of Germany again. Um, I was wondering, what are your next plans and how, how are you guys financed by now? Yeah, um, then... Good question. Um, we we started Capmo um, roughly three years ago and got our first financing round uh, two years ago. By now, have um, have raised two rounds, uh, roughly 10 millions, uh, from from B 2 B SaaS focused investors, which I'm very happy with. And for us, the next step we've we've more than uh, more than tripled our 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 base in the last year, and that's also the plan for this year. And next up for us um, early next year is um, looking into different markets. Um, we're only active in Central Central Europe at the moment. And with that, um, also very open to, to investor conversations. Um, if there's something this year um, who, or if somebody approaches us who, is, who very well fits with us, um, that might be an option. We're open to that. But other than that, um, That's also a topic for for next year. Um, what uh, in terms of markets? What are you looking at, like North America, Asia, Africa, South America? Would you also first 
your geography of expansion and secondly are you also looking for like local investors in those geographies yes um so what uh, again two twofold answer so where where are we active at the moment um we focus uh, very much on the 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 central european market at the moment um and all our customers are from there but what's happening um some of our customers are big firms who do projects all over the world. So Capmo is going with them uh, to all these different locations. But from a focus perspective, um, the, the companies we target will will be headquartered in, in Europe. But that means also that they are taking well, they are taking Capmo to, to construction sites around the globe. So um, customers mostly located in Europe, uh, construction projects um, are located around the globe. Ah, I see, 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 see. Okay, that answers this question. Um, I do believe we covered now almost everything important. Do you think we got, we forgot any important aspect? Uh, I think uh, one important aspect that I always mention um, when you're when you're starting a startup or when you're founding something, um, there. There, there are different kinds of how you start. So we, on on purpose, focus on an industry that for many people in the tech community at first sight sounds or, or looks very unsexy. Um, but I think that's that's a learning that I want to give to everyone. Um, don't don't judge the book by its cover. Construction is really an industry that is uh, that is responsible for the biggest CO two emissions of all. Um, it's the industry that that builds uh, your flat, uh, Joe. It, it's the, the industry that builds uh, UC Berkeley or whatever universities people are listening from. And I think uh, one, as an entrepreneur or even if you're only interested in startups, you should look not only on the tech or the cool tech the startup is doing, but really on on the industry that that the venture is changing. And I'm I'm super proud on that that we have that we have found an industry where we have a huge impact that's really worthwhile pursuing because it's so big, you help so many people. And um, yeah, it's not unsexy at all. That always reminds me of an of a discussion around I was hosting like a talk show and there were uh, several um, robot advisors when robot advising was just starting out and one of the guys said investing is the opposite of sexy yeah i <laughs> i i really know where you're going but we try to keep it still as entertaining as possible florian thank you it was a great pleasure having you as a guest here looking forward to to get an update from you um like next year Perfect. And obviously, anybody interested in, in joining Capmont or, or helping us further grow, we have roughly 20 open positions. So check out uh, capmont.com or .de uh, or ping me on LinkedIn. And of course, the uh, uh, down here in the show notes, wherever you're watching this or listening to this, there are show notes and you can, of course, find the link to the company website there. Thank you very much. Perfect. Joe, thanks a lot for having me. Take care. My pleasure. Bye-bye. If you are a professional looking at the European startup scene, Germany is a place you cannot miss. Fortunately for you, there is StartupRad.io, the authority on German startups. This English-only podcast brings you fresh interviews each week. 
Most likely, you have never heard or read anything on these startups before in English, but you will in the future. Be ahead of the curve and subscribe to StartupRad.eo podcast or check for the StartupRad.eo internet radio station. Check your Alexa for the StartupRad.eo skill as well.